He is, uh, 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 has been a part of the staff uh, meetings, the, the kind of the discipleship process for the staff at uh, Grace Fellowship Church. And over the past year, uh, I've actually been privileged to be a part of those meetings and kind of sit in with that and, and kind of be discipled alongside uh, of their pastoral staff. And I've just been blessed to be a part of it. And part of the, uh, the real blessing has been uh, my friendship that's developed with uh, TD. We had him earlier in the year, and uh, we just love the word that he brought there. So, um, we're just going to open our series, This Hope That Is In You, The Hope That Is In You with, uh, uh, with T.D. So would you please welcome T.D. Allen. Yeah. Give it up for your pastor. Amen. feedback. There's nothing wrong with that. Then Mike said, just in case you guys don't give me any feedback, the mic will do it for me. <laughs> for you guys. I like the smiles. Everybody look good. Tell your neighbor, you look good this morning. Yeah, yeah. Am I too strong or bring it, bring it down? Right there. Does that sound better? All right, y'all can hear me. All right. All right. It's all right if I pray. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, uh, for your word. As you said, it will not return to you void, but it will accomplish what you please, and it will prosper in the thing for which you sent. And so we thank you for this beginning series um, and my experience to share my endeavor of hope. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, you are my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Amen. I would like to just start off, if we can read this text. And this is 1 Peter 3.15, English Standard Version. And I'm so used to the um, New, New Living Translation, so I'm trying to make sure I stay how, how we dine in a house, so... Because <laughs> all of it is God's word, amen. So but we're gonna, I'm going to go ahead and read this. It says, but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Just before I share about my experience and my endeavor, I hope, I want to just set up this text, um, the writing of or the history of First Peter. And First Peter is ecclesiology, which is the study of the Christian church that provides believers a self-understanding for the outworking of their salvation in a hostile environment. Basically, Christians have a hard life when we're living in a place that is not called home. And Peter is encouraging the church of the five different provinces at this time. And he wrote this um, during the, the, the year of 67, around 67 A.D., 
And he was to encourage the people during this time who were suffering by being targeted by the emperor, Nero. Nero was a very harsh emperor. And he didn't like the fact that Christians, if, am I, if I'm still getting feedback, let me know, Pastor. Um, and didn't like the fact that Christians was sold out to Christ and would not participate in um, worldly rituals. And so they were persecuted. And so here Paul writes, and he writes and instructs them to understand that their suffering is as an emulation of the passion of Christ and anticipate the hope in Christ. And so when I look at Peter, I was telling pastor this, I see myself because Peter is saying some nice words here. For Peter, if you know Peter back in the Gospels, Peter was thugged out in Jesus' name. <laughs> I got a few laughs there. Somebody knew a thug. Thug not mean he was hardcore. He, he, y'all remember when they came to get Jesus, and he was preparing to take out that soldier, and he was trying to go for the neck, but he Cut his ear off. Y'all remember that, y'all? All right, yeah. So this is the same Peter, but he's just having the love of God now because his experience with Christ through the Gospels, through Acts, and now he's preparing to be persecuted as well. And we have heard that he was nailed and he required upside down so he will not emulate Christ's uh, death on a cross. But anyways, he's right now writing, encouraging the church. And Peter's story is so compared to mine, but I just want to reflect on what the gospel, well, what the word said that he is in regards to also Apostle John and also Apostle Paul. Apostle John was considered the apostle of love. He he actually said that himself because he was writing it, Pastor. He was like, well, I'm the apostle of love. <laughs> I think, you know, I'm just like, he just really been saying he's the apostle of love. So, and Paul was the apostle of faith. He um, always um, talked about faith and encouraging us in faith. But Peter is the apostle that, um, is, that, that really focused on hope. So they call him the Apostle of Hope. But if you look in verse 15 in this text, hope actually means the expectation, expectation of hope. Because during this time, the church was being persecuted in a severe way. That all they had is hope in Christ's return. And Peter wanted to remind them and he was reflecting his experience as he wrote in 1 Peter 1, 6-7. He was talking about, so he, he was saying, be truly glad. Basically, during this trial, and it's kind of a reflection of James, as what James said. But there is a wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure trials to test and to show your faith is genuine. And so... With my experience, I've um, 
I can reflect on my life that it wasn't always perfect as it seemed. My life is not perfect now. But I'm saying that in a uh, sarcastic way because being a leader, we tend to think that leaders are perfect because we, we are considered a man of the cloth. We preach the word. God called us on a, I, I will say, a very high assignment. But we make mistakes every day. As a matter of fact, I made a mistake a few minutes ago as I was speaking because sometimes the words don't come out all the way right, you know. But at the same time, just to let us um, look at Peter in a way that he made so many flaws in his life. But that's what made him who he is at this moment. You know, Peter was the one who tried to walk on water, was the first one to run his mouth. He, he, and me and him have that common. I, I opened my mouth so fast I really shoot myself in the foot. And <laughs> pastor, no. I'm like, oh, why did I just embarrass myself? And that's what Peter, Peter like, okay. He see, he looked like Jesus on the, walking on water, hmm. If it's you, you know, I'm saying it because this is kind of how we can emulate that he was, you know, tough. He was that guy that want to stand out in front of the apostles. So he's going to ask Jesus, yeah, Jesus, if that's you, let me come to you. And when I read that, I'm like, wow. He said, let me come to you. Now you come to us. <laughs> so he stepped out on the boat, which I commend Peter. But then it says in the Amplified Version that, he perceived the wind. So his perception caused him to go right into the water. And that's how his life was. Um, Peter would start off good. He even um, boasted about Jesus. You are the son of God in Matthew 16. But then we can follow up a few verses later that he basically said, no, I, I, you will not go and die for us on the cross. And Jesus had to say, get thee behind me, Satan. And so here again, a high moment, you know, and then he messes up immediately. And his fear of criticism was also, um, he, he dealt with fear and he dealt with faith, but fear and faith seemed like it was going, um, tossing back and forth in his life. When he had to be checked by Paul in Galatians, and we talked about that maybe a few months ago about the book in Galatians, and Paul had to openly check Peter because Peter was so worried about criticism from people that he had faith and he believed that God had called the Gentiles because in Acts, Acts 10, he helped heal uh, Cornelius' house, and they were all saved who were Gentiles. But when it was because his boys, that was his Jewish boys, he said, no, I'm not going to really be sold onto that because I don't want to break up this wonderful relationship that I have with people. Does it sound like it's uh, hidden home? Because some of us have to experience some separation as a Christian. And Peter's relationship for me, his relationship with Jesus, allows us to be more comfortable in our fallibility 
and more courageous in our faithfulness. And so for me, I said, wow, I told Pastor, this is me. And there's a few things that I want to discuss why I believe I'm like Peter. First of all, he was raised in an area that was known for fishing. I'm from South Haven, Michigan, right off the lake. And I'm sorry, I'm not a fisherman. I was kind of afraid of the water because I watched a movie called Jaws when I was too young. And I thought Jaws was going to get me. So being at age seven, I'm sorry, that was not the right idea for a seven-year-old, okay? And so I get close to the water. I'm like, where that music come from? Like, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I can And I see everybody else. I'm like, Jaws, don't mess with them, you know? And I get close to it. I say, I think I see something. And then my mom like, that is seaweed, son. I'm like... <laughs> Why is weeds in the water? Anyways, why right off the lake, Lake Michigan, okay. And I wasn't a fisherman, but God um, spoke to me. I had a lot of serenity off the lake. And one thing that, um, again, I, I liked about Peter, he, he loves to really talk. He loves to always just share at the wrong moments. And I do the same thing. When he was on the mount, when, when, when they were up in the uh, transitional mount, and he had to just say, let's tabernacle here for three. Let's build three tents, and let's just stay up here. He couldn't keep his mouth shut. I'm just like, oh, gosh. And then he tried to fit in. That's what I tried to do, trying to fit in, growing up, not able to handle the rejections. And being raised in a church, a lot of my friends went to church, but they were more in the streets. And I was willing to do what I could, you know, staying borderline where I can have certain friends because I didn't like being rejected. And so I tried to fit in being a class clown. And I told my family the other day, I can't believe that in the yearbook, when I graduated, that's me and a young lady who were male and female class clowns in my class. And I'm like, wow. And then I had a temper. There are some things that I truly regret that, you know, that still I think about them like, Lord, man, because of my temper. Peter had a temper. And taking a step of faith is why we're here today. And that's one thing I'm so grateful for. And so, my focus today is to just really talk about the past, the present, and the future. And I only have a few more minutes. And so my past, present, and future ties up to who I am today. My endeavor, and endeavor means to, if you just look at it in a, in a setting of training, um, exercise, practice, temp, uh, uh, making an attempt or something, examine, try, um, going about and prove. So this endeavor was a lot of ups and downs, and I'm still experiencing that. And I'm, I'm so proud to say this as a leader, that I'm not perfect. And that's what makes me a great leader. And this is something that you might want, and this is not even on the notes, but a leader... 
what, what makes a great leader is not the, the amount of mistakes that they make, but what makes a great leader is how he or she owns up to their mistakes. I'm going to say it again. Anybody need me to say it again? I, I thought that was going to be good. Like, hey, man, wow. I'm going to repeat it because somebody's saying the spirit. I can feel you right there. You're like, oh, would you say that again? Oh, thank you. Um, but a great leader is not about the mistakes you made or what kind of mistakes you made, but it's how you own up to your mistakes. Amen. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and, and so... My endeavor is the sanctification process, and that is to become more and more like Christ. Because at the end, you know, we have to learn how to endure the past failures. I had to endure these past failures. I had to endure the sufferings of broken up relationships that I thought that was going to last for a long time. And also sustaining the diligence of today while during the suffering for the success of the future. And I think about my, one of my favorite scripture is Romans 8, 18. It says, what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory that will be revealed within us. So there's three things, and then I'm going to go to my seat. During this endeavor of hope, I had to move from my past, and there was things that was told to me that it had affected me. I was one that was put back in third grade. Uh, I did it twice. And I remember not having an F or a bad grade, but what they did was took an um, assessment of so many kids, I think it was like 30, and they, from their thoughts, they were saying, well, we need to put this person back because of such and such, such. And they were saying, well, because we didn't like your reading scores at the time, even though mine was higher than my brother's, but he was moved on. <laughs> and I couldn't understand that, so it affected me. And I was also told that I was not going to be successful out of my siblings when it comes to college. I'm the only sibling that has college degrees in my house. So, and not to say uh, I'm saying this to, to brag, but I'm bragging and boasting on the power of God. That if you let go of those negative comments, that you allow then God to dictate your path or to guide your path and not allow man to dictate where they think you should be. Hey, thank you, brother. Thank you for that. <laughs> so there are sins that we may have committed, choices that we have made. We all have fallen short. I don't have to ask everyone. I know everybody messed up. But we do not have to dwell in the past. It is only for us to keep moving and stay close to God. And so the second thing I have to do is to embrace the presence of, of where we are today. And it says in Matthew 6, 34, um, if you want to go there, you can. It says it right here. Therefore, do not be 
anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And for me, this is just reminding me, as you look, this is the latter part of Matthew 6, first of all. Jesus was just trying to get his disciples in order. And he talked about having that humility, um, that relationship with God, and being thankful for where you are. I always look ahead, and I used to focus on the past, but I didn't really pay close attention on the present day. I always look more, you know, I, I need to have this done by next week. I need to have this done by next week. And my wife is really good at focusing on today. She's like, look, I got a meal today. I'm good. I ain't thinking about tomorrow, you know. And so she helped me with that. And I'm just like, why are you always stuck on just today? Because tomorrow's not promised. And so for me, embracing the present, and if you look at it, a present is a gift. And so I really feel that ignoring or not putting a lot of emphasis on today is really shunning God's gift of me being alive. And so appreciate my family, appreciate the things that I do have and not what I don't have because that's what, <clears throat> excuse me, that's what um, Matthew 6, he was talking about, that, you know, seek ye first the kingdom of God and, and all the righteousness and everything shall be added unto you. And then the third is anticipate the future. And I want to um, go to Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare. I kind of like this version. I'm going to be studying it a little more. <laughs> I like that. Plans for welfare. You know. And not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. Look forward to what God has in store. But it really has to take me, T.D. Thalmus, to move from the past, embrace the present, and anticipate the future. Because Jesus is my life. Without him, I am nothing, and I can't do nothing. I, and, and somebody said, he said he can't do nothing. Yeah, without Jesus, you can't even do nothing. And even, I've heard it like this, that the reason why Jesus had to die, because we wasn't fit to live, and we weren't even fit to die. That's how bad sin was in my life, and I believe yours too. But Hebrews 13, 8 says it like this. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. My endeavor of hope is to continue to put God first. It's not easy. It's tough because we are in a position as leaders um, to, to bring the gospel but I pray that we also have an understanding that we are mere men and we do make mistakes. But it's about how we receive our mistake is what we should look at. And so I, I'm so grateful just to share my testimony of my life. But the production of what I do um, with, with my private life is you see in my family, my wife, my children, and then the people I hang around with. They also help me to be um, who I am today. Amen. God bless you.
Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. You are so awesome, Lord. We know that we are living in a, a time in life where it's, it's a struggle at work, it's a struggle um, at school, having peer pressure, having experiencing um, some rejection and ostracism because we love you, Lord. But you said to your disciples, remember, if the, Lord, if the world hates you, remember, it hated me first. And so as we are just meditating on the new births today, the children that was uh, dedicated, let us rededicate ourselves to you right now as we meditate on your goodness and also repent for the things that we overlook, Lord God, that we will move from our past, not allow another negative thought goes through our mind about our past and to thank you for today. And being prepared, as James said, if it's your will, that tomorrow will come and that we will grow and bear fruit, that our fruit will remain. We thank you for the hope, a new hope, in this wonderful pastor in the congregation. We pray that you will continue to bless them on their endeavor to reach the souls, the lost souls in this community, in this dark city, Father God, that this light of new hope will shine in this area, that people will know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and the Savior of the world. In the name of Jesus, amen.